every corner of the digital universe. You can instant link to the internet. And Stravi Mailer, E3 video phone. Technology called I smell. Smelling mold and mildew and animals. Man, I got to smell the swamp today. Welcome to Water Cooled Potato, your guide to the obsolete and absurd tech of the past, present, and future. I'm Kevin. I'm John. And today's topic was suggested by one of our viewers, the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer. Ah. Yeah, buckle in, John. This is going to be a long one. Okay. In 1991, a company called 3DO was founded. Its goal was to create a next-generation CD-placed video game system. To achieve their goal, 3DO developed the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer in 1991 and launched it in 1993. They left the production to Panasonic, then Goldstar in 1994, then Sanyo in 1995. The reason they outsourced the hardware manufacturing was because they didn't have the resources themselves to do it. The exact reason why it was being traded off was unclear. What helped to the 3DO interactive player's demise was its retail price was $699. Whoa. Or $1,241, accounting for inflation. <laughs> That's comparable to a very nice gaming PC today. Mm-hmm. The reason why it was priced so high was because the hardware companies didn't want to lose their money, so they required 3DO to sell their console at a higher price. The reason why the price tag greatly hurt 3DO was because of their competitors. The Sega Genesis sold for $180, or $339 with inflation, and was released in 1991. The Nintendo SNES launched in 1992 and sold for $199, or $363 in today's money. So the 3DO is like three and a half times the price. Wow. Did it have anything to justify that price tag? Well, it was CD-based. The Sega Genesis and the Nintendo's SNES were using cartridges. So in 1993, having a CD player was cutting edge. Hmm. Yeah, and I suppose you can probably store quite a bit more on a CD than you can on one of those cartridges. True. Normally, game console companies like Sega and Nintendo sell their consoles at a loss to get their money back through royalties for their games, hence their low prices. But 3DO decided to take a different approach. Ah. They decided to have the royalties be $3 per game instead of around $10 or so with their competitors. Friendly disclaimer, I couldn't find an exact dollar amount for Sega's and Nintendo's royalties, so I guessed. Since the royalty for 3DO's games were cheaper, Computer Gaming World predicted that if 3DO licensees can get enough machines and software out in the market, this could very well become the interactive gamer's entry-level machine. Wait, what? Something there didn't seem to make sense. Yeah, usually when people say entry-level, it's referring to something cheap that you can start out with, right? Yeah. I don't know. Cheap or simple and easy, I guess. 3DO did drop down the price of the 3DO Interactive Player a little bit in 94 and 95, but I'll get to that later. So as you can probably guess, by having the royalties be cheaper, some game developers decide to make some not-so-good games including Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. 
Uh, it's basically... <laughs> yeah, kind of a weird title, but it's unique, I guess, so good for them. It's basically about a guy and a girl that are forced to find a soulmate by their parents and their journey to finding each other, or not, depending upon the choices you make. The intro of the game is an actual video. The rest of it is like a DVD menu. Despite the advertising, say it was a full motion video. Uh, oh, and get this. If you make a wrong choice, the narrator will scold you and return you to their decision screen again. <laughs> and if you make the same choice, the game will entirely restart. You have a choice, but you actually don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like, who the heck designed this and why did you just... <sighs> And if you don't like the fact that you don't really have a choice, well, you get to restart. Bye-bye. Yeah, of course, there were some good games for the 3DO, like Guess or Wolfenstein 3D, which I personally haven't heard of before, but I'm sure other people have. So that wasn't an extremely bad negative for 3DO, but some people believe the Plumbers Don't Wear Ties game contributed to the fall of the 3DO interactive multiplayer. <laughs> I found a playthrough on YouTube if you want to see how bad it is, but it's a slightly better PC version. Okay. Oh, and the reason why some people didn't like it, it's basically a romantic comedy, but there was the lack of, quote, real nudity. So, yeah. Okay. What was your initial impressions? All right. What the heck? Yeah, especially with all the weird filtering and inverted and just the cr beginning credits alone are weird. Yeah. You don't have to continue if you don't want to. Okay. I'm not forcing you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> Another fault on 3DO's part was their marketing, like most of the other companies we mentioned. 3DO saw how Sega and Nintendo were saying their consoles were the best, so 3DO decided to copy them. But with their own twist. Oh no. Instead of saying that they were the best, 3DO also claimed that Sega's and Nintendo's consoles were, quote, kids' toys. What they could have done <laughs> was market towards people in a higher income bracket because of their extremely high price and that they were bleeding edge technology with the CD player two years before its time. But oh well. They did do that to a degree, but. Not very effectively. What was the final straw for 3DO's interactive multiplayer and their plans to release a second-gen console called the M2 was a release of the Sony PlayStation in 1995. It had a CD player in it. And it was a lot cheaper. How much? $299. Well, compared to 3DO, that's not as bad. <laughs> Under half the price. And the Sega Saturn was released as well. I also forgot to mention that another thing as to why they were priced so high was because they were the bleeding edge technology in terms of hardware. But with the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation being released, especially with the PlayStation because they had better hardware and they had a CD player, 3DO became obsolete pretty quickly. But one advantage, or kind of advantage, 3DO had was... They had their price down to $299 with their hardware producer, Goldstar. They were losing $100 per sale and discontinued the console in 1996. Wow, I didn't 
It took a while. Normally, this is where the story ends. Oh boy. While the 3DO's interactive multiplayer console was a complete flop, they did have success with publishing software. Namely, Heroes of Might and Magic. Oh! Heroes of Might and Magic 2, 3, and 4. Huh. When I first saw the requested topic by a viewer, I was confused because I'm a Heroes of Might and Magic fan. I played the second and third one quite a bit, and thought they were solely a software publishing game. But I never heard of the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer Council before. As you can probably guess by the number of games in the Heroes of Might and Magic series, 3DO managed to recoup some of their losses of the failed council until 2003 when it filed for bankruptcy and the rights of the Heroes of Might and Magic series was acquired by Ubisoft. It took only three years for the council to fail, but 3DO managed to last another seven years before it finally went bankrupt. Ah. Uh, wow. And that's how it became the company that some people know today. Not a lot of people know it. <laughs> Wow. That's interesting. Well, I guess... And they never really made the hardware themselves. I mean, they so, developed it on a yeah. restaurant napkin in 1989. Well, at first. <laughs> okay. Why does every company say that? It was on a napkin. I don't know. I, I mean, it was on a restaurant napkin, to be specific. So that's where all the best ideas get generated. Maybe we should go out and eat more and uh -huh. start writing stuff on napkins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put lists of future topics on napkins. Hmm. That's a possibility. We could fit a lot of topic ideas on a napkin. Especially if you're right small. Maybe we should make a requirement for people requesting topics that they write it on a napkin, take a picture... <laughs> And then send it to um, us. I don't think anybody would appreciate that. Yeah, probably not. Never mind. I could force you to do it, John. <laughs> <laughs> there was also one unique thing about the 3DO interactive multiplayer that was kind of a plus, but kind of a minus at the same time. You could daisy chain the controllers because there was only one port. Huh. Interesting. So do you know how many games were developed for this thing in total, approximately? The Japanese launch had 70,000 units in 10,000 stores. However, sales dropped and were known for adult content. Hmm. Hey, could you just play normal CDs in these things, too? I'm guessing so, because with the PlayStation you could. And that was only two years after the 3DO. If you're spending that much on the thing, I'd sure hope that you could use it as a CD player. Yeah. According to this list of licensed systems, there was a South Korean version that was supposedly the rarest of all systems, and it resembled a very rounded PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if that one was manufactured in some kind of a misguided attempt to compete with PlayStation by looking like PlayStation? But then it would have to be marketed similar as well. I don't know. That's just a big mess if you ask me. Yeah. Hmm. If they could have, like, somehow justified their high price point by calling it, you know, the premium game system 
uh, kind of like how Apple gets away with uh, mm. some of their prices. This was the early 90s, though. I don't think any companies thought of trying that yet. Yeah. There was also some accessories that were developed for the 3DO. Hmm, like what? Some were a light gun, a mouse, uh, a and what? <laughs> a steering wheel. Uh, what, what was the first one? A light gun? Yeah, you know, like you can point and shoot at stuff. Okay. It was called a game gun, and unfortunately no fewer than 10 games had built-in support for the game gun. Okay. Next to useless accessory. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, <laughs> what good would a mouse do either? Well, it has double the amount of games. 20 games supported it, and they were optimized for the controller or the light gun instead of the mouse. So, if you had a game that supported the mouse instead of the light gun, that's bad, because the light gun's more accurate. Hmm. And what was the other accessory? A steering wheel. Well, that could actually be kind of useful for racing or something. And it's supported by several racing titles, including the Need for Speed series. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's good. But with its ridiculous price point of 700 and then later 400 and then down to $300, it still didn't make sense for consumers. Yeah, I wonder how much money they were making at the beginning and how much they were losing at the end. They were losing, like, pretty much the whole time. I meant, like, on each sale of a system. Oh, I do have a little bit of data on that. Manufacturing costs. Yeah, when they reduced their price to $300, they were losing $100 per unit. So... Eventually, they did the model, like Sega and Nintendo, for selling their consoles, but it was a bit too late. And then the place, and then Sega Saturn, and then... Yeah, so basically, the 3DO's like, I'm unique, I'm super expensive, I'm not going to follow everybody else, but follow everybody else in their marketing. And then Sega and Nintendo do their thing, and then Sega gets upgraded, PlayStation comes in, and the 3DO's just like, I'm a bit cheaper, do you want me? No? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <was> just a... <laughs> And how many years was it they were trying to s- continue to sell the same hardware? Or, well, it was pretty much the same, wasn't it? They changed manufacturers, but yeah. they didn't, like, make a version 2 at any point, did they? Yeah, they had slightly different iterations, but hardware-wise, it was pretty much the same except for looks. And they had the same hardware for three years. So they went from bleeding edge best to average. Especially when the PlayStation came out with their CD player. That's what happens when you keep trying to push the same technology for three years without improving it or anything. Well, they did plan to have an M2, but they just ditched it. Hmm. Well, seems like they were better at software anyway. Yeah, one of my sources says the 3DO company reconstructed themselves around this same time, selling off their hardware division when they discontinued the 3DO system and became a multi-platform company focused on software development and online gaming. Yeah, I just realized that since they were outsourcing their hardware, that heavily implies that they don't have the resources to do that. They don't have the resources to do heavy marketing like PlayStation or other companies had. 
So that put them at another disadvantage. Mm. Even if they had good marketing, the budget wasn't very big. Was Xbox owned by Microsoft at that time, or was Xbox started by Microsoft or purchased by Microsoft some point along the way? Not sure. I do know it came out in 2001. You are correct in Xbox was created by Microsoft. It was first launched in 2001 to help compete against PlayStation. Which was owned by Sony. Yep, but by then they already released the PlayStation 2. Yeah, with the backing of big companies with lots of money, the chances of PlayStation or Xbox or Sega systems succeeding is already just a lot higher. Don't forget about Nintendo. Right, right. And and another thing, like, if you already know a company, you're more likely to buy their products than the products of some random company that just popped up out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. now wants you to hand them buckets and buckets of money for a system that you've never heard of before. And that's why there are a ton of franchises. Would you rather go to Dairy Queen or try out that Bob's Ice Cream place? You're probably going to go to Dairy Queen because it's branding. Almost everybody knows Dairy Queen. Yeah, although I do like to give local businesses, non-franchised businesses, at least a try. How about, would you rather get the Microsoft Surface or Kevin's laptop with supposedly good hardware? That's the brand. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, your marketing needs some work. Uh, You mean the The second of all? I made the name up on the fly, okay? (laughs) I guess it depends on if I can find any information or reviews on it and how much it costs compared to. There is an Amazon listing on it. There's not really any reviews yet. You can be the first person to review it, John. I would probably steer clear when it comes to a purchase that's hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. And... There you go. The failure of 3DO. They didn't completely fail, though. They just... Failed miserably in the console market. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if any other companies have tried that. Making systems and then switching to just software. Probably not. According to this list of gaming systems, there's a few I've never held before. For instance, the Neo Geo, the TurboGrafx-16, ColecoVision... I've heard of the TurboGrafx-16. That's all I've heard of it. It was apparently released in 1989 for $200. There's also this Mattel Intellivision. I don't know. Okay. At least I've heard of the Dreamcast. Dreamcast? Isn't that... No, wait, I'm thinking of Chromecast. Never mind. (laughs) It's probably a completely different thing. That's what the Dreamcast supposedly looked like. Huh. Hmm. What good is a screen on the controller? I'm not entirely sure. I've heard of it, but don't know much about it. Also, that controller looks hard to hold. Yeah, I agree. But maybe it was like Hmm. a super early version of the Wii U? Looks like it's supported up to four controllers, and it basically looks like every other game system from that time. Except your controllers, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
way bulkier, stupid-looking controllers. But it had decent hardware for its time. Well, yeah, I guess that's uh, a plus. In this picture, the controller looks like it's almost as big as the console. <laughs> and I don't know if this picture is to scale, but... Well, there are multiple uh, pictures that it seems like it's to scale. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not really much of a console gamer, but... Sega Dreamcast consoles, it's just a little too big for me. Hmm. I'm looking at some pictures of the 3DO, and it is kind of weird looking. It's like someone took a box and then attached some cylinders to the corners, put Panasonic across the top. Weird. Or you can have Gold Star or Sanyo on it. Depends upon which year it was made. Oh, the gold star looks worse. I mean, <laughs> looks super boring. <laughs> At least the Panasonic design is kind of interesting. Oh, yay, good for them. So, see, there were some pluses of the 3DO interactive multiplayer. They were just kind of buried. And people didn't want to spend a bunch of money on it. Yeah. Hmm. wonder how much they go for on eBay. Ooh. You can buy a pre-owned one for $250. They held their value really well. <laughs> That's kind of surprising, actually. I found one for $165 from Japan. Hmm. Wow. Okay, I found a 3DO Interactive Multiplayer Shockwave with instructions 3D0, not for resale. For sale on eBay. What? Okay, then. <laughs> Uh, how, how idiotic do you have to be? Oh, let's see if I can find a teardown. You and your dang teardowns. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see what's inside stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Well, if you just add a Wi-Fi chip and do this and solder this on, it'll be just like the one you buy. Wait, what? <laughs> let's see here. Oh, look. Okay. Yeah, okay, there's actually some pictures of these things. Oh, boy. And what they look like inside. Do tell. Let's see. So there's a lot here. Kind of tricky to tell which ones are from which model, because there's yeah. three different manufacturers. But uh, yep. <laughs> in one, there's like what looks like four slots for something. They almost look like expansion slots on a motherboard. Oh, wait. No, never mind. This is a completely different... This isn't even the right product. Never mind. Oh. Okay, here we go. Nothing too interesting. Just a handful of chips, some capacitors, DVD drive, or CD drive. Yeah, CD drive. Not DVD. Hmm. It. Yeah, it's uh, nothing too interesting in here. It's got a tiny little cooling fan. It has what looks like possibly a battery to, I don't know, keep settings when it's unplugged. That's my guess, too. Oh, iFixit has a repair guide. What? Or uh, a disassembly guide. iFixit says the difficulty level is easy and that it will take you 30 minutes and 11 simple steps. 30 minutes and 11 simple steps. That is not easy. 
Well, let's see. So <sighs> there's four number two Phillips screws on the bottom. Then the top portion of the casing lifts off. And then under that looks like there's a shield over the optical drive. Yep. And then there's six more screws to remove. Shield comes off over the top of the optical drive. Looks like a pretty standard optical drive. There's a couple ribbon cables connecting the optical drive to the main board. And then there's 11 more screws that hold down a shield over the main board. And then the same board I was seeing before with a handful of chips. Nothing too interesting. And then one more screw to release the motherboard from the back cover, I think. And there's two buttons that come out, and then a couple of cables to unplug, and another ribbon cable to unplug. This doesn't sound easy. <laughs> and I think then you can pull the motherboard out and do whatever. That was a lot of steps. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing too interesting in here. It not too different from what you'd find in a DVD player. Maybe a few more chips, but nothing too interesting. Well, there's one spot here where there's like another board sitting on top of the main board. It's got a lot of traces on the back of it. I wonder what's on that one. But other than that, there's nothing too interesting. Pretty average. Any last remarks? Don't buy one. <laughs> I mean, well, you could on eBay, though, John. Uh. They held, like, 80% of their value through 25 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Think they'll be worth anything in another 25? Uh, there are always some people that collect some stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. I would bet on... Like a Sega Genesis or something, rather than this thing. <laughs> yeah, the Sega Genesis or the SNES didn't hold their values as well, but they're still fun gaming consoles and were quite popular for their time. And I imagine they will be remembered longer. <laughs> Especially since my grandparents and one of my uncles have a Sega Genesis in their home, and I've Previously, never heard of the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, but at least I knew that the Nintendo SNES existed and played a little bit on it. That's all for today. Special thanks to our listener, Chris, that suggested the topic for this episode. If you'd like to suggest a topic, email us at wcppodcastmail at gmail.com. We'd also like to thank everyone who took a minute to rate or review the podcast. If you hate us and haven't had the time to do anything about it, now would be the perfect time to go and leave us an angry review. On the other hand, if you don't hate us, you can leave us a good review or even support us on Patreon. As always, we'll be back for more next week.